support this podcast on the website, go to paypal.me slash positive sarcasm. Any amount is appreciated. And once again, reviewers, reviewers, this podcast is not suitable for anyone under, uh, well, who cares? Anyways, paypal.me slash positive sarcasm. Hope you enjoy the program. And we are done. Well, we're just getting started with this, but I'll say why that was for some reason in a minute. Jay here, PositiveSarcasm.com, YouTube, uh, Positive Sarcasm, Instagram, at Positive underscore Sarcasm, Facebook.com slash Positive Sarcasm, Twitter. I've been a little quiet on the Twitter, a little bit, but if you want to see me retweet Ben Shapiro, you can go to at POS Sarcasm. Damn. I'm done, at least for now. Oh, you can also find me on Twitch. Uh, I live stream every time that I do a podcast. You can just go to positive, uh, excuse me, what is it? Uh, Twitch.tv slash positive sarcasm one. One is the number of subscribers I have on Twitch because, well, I just got started. Anyways, you can find me on all social media. If you want to contribute to the podcast, you can go to paypal.me slash positive sarcasm. I just got back from New York. It is Thanksgiving Day. Hi, everybody. Uh, spent whatever dime I had left in my pocket and turned it inside out in order to film, film, record, or vlog my 100th YouTube episode. Week 100 is in the books. Jesus Christ, was it an expensive one. I don't know if it was my most expensive uh, episode I've ever done, but yeah, mm, let's see. Let's go back and review. Um, we'll get that in a minute, actually. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll do that. Since that's on my mind, we'll do that first. The most expensive episodes I have ever done on YouTube. Let's see. We can go week one through week 10. The most expensive episode from week one through week 10 was definitely week nine, the one that didn't air. That just I basically threw up that my camera got stolen and that I'd be back next week, and I hope the person who stole it drowns. That episode cost me $190. $190. It may have cost me extra for a couple other things, uh, but yeah, it cost me $190 because I had to buy a new camera. Uh, week 10 through week 20. Week, uh, let's see, week 19. Week 19 was pretty, uh, let's see, week 19 was a lot of traveling involved. Uh, week 10 through week 15 didn't really cost me anything because I didn't really go anywhere. Um, week 16, week 17, week 18, no big deal. Week 19 was a lot of travel. Week 20, uh, between week 19 and week 20, because I was doing a lot of traveling, I had to purchase tickets. And also, uh, I bought the Milo, uh, wheeled drone, but that was for expensive. It wasn't, that wasn't an expensive because, well, those episodes, for the exception of maybe week 19, those episodes just flat out sucked. Um, and they would continue to suck for quite some time. Uh, week 20 through week 30, uh, oh, yeah, that was an expensive one because I went to Palm Beach in week 27 and week 28. Uh, week 29, I was down in Providence. So that didn't cost me too much. But, yeah, Palm Beach cost me a shitload the first time. Week 30 through week 40, mm, week 30 through week 40, what did I do? Where did I go? Huh, I don't remember. 
30 was trigger warning. 31 was... Oh, then well, that cost me a lot in gas because I drove all the way up to Canaan, New Hampshire, which is about two and a half hours. And then I drove all the way back down to Canterbury? No, Newburyport. So I spent a lot in gas. But no, not so much. Week 41 through week 50? Meh. I'd have to say week 61 cost me money for the fact that um, at the end of filming that episode, I went off the road into a ditch. Um... <laughs> And that cost me uh, like $160 for fucking towing. So that was definitely expensive. And the day before, I did all kinds of traveling. So I spent all kinds of money uh, on gas. And then the week before that was week 59. So week 59, I was doing traveling in Cape Cod. So that was crazy. Oh, week 60. Week 60 was the week I bought the camera. The Nikon B700. So that cost me a good 300 bucks. So yeah, that was an expensive week. Week 61 through week 70 was 61, 62, 63. There was a couple expensive episodes there. Um, oh, yeah, that's... Well, week 41 when I lost the... Week 42 when I, when I lost the drone wasn't expensive because I didn't pay for that drone. That drone was actually purchased for me. I had a sponsor take care of that for me. So I didn't have to spend that extra five to $600 on that drone. So that one was also purchased for me. Um, but then this one, I mean, obviously Palm Beach was a shitload of money that cost me a good five to $600. Athens didn't cost me anything, um, anytime I would travel, but this one cost me a lot because number one, first thing I did was driving there is four hours. Driving to New York city is, is about three and a half to four and a half hours. Then getting there, um, uh, parking is an absolute nightmare. I stayed in Jersey city. Uh, first, the first meal I had was in Jersey city. It was terrible. It cost me like 36 bucks. It was fucking God awful. So that's some Asian place. It was just like, number one, I'm not that go with chopsticks. Um, so we were already, that's strike one for me. And number two, I couldn't understand what the hell they were talking about, you know, cause obviously they don't speak English. So that was strike two. Um, and then strike three is when I got the bill, like one person for like a bowl of soup. It was like $36. I'm like, okay, learn my lesson. And then I had to take an Uber over into New York uh, because I wasn't familiar with the uh, with the Port Authority transit system yet. Uh, but I learned quickly, so that was definitely expensive. And then leaving New York, obviously, uh, because the morning I went to leave, just about twenty minutes prior, uh, transit P uh, transit police and a tow truck guy showed up because apparently at one o'clock in the morning when I caved to go get friggin' uh, White Castle. Uh, I basically went to bed late, passed out, woke up. They were towing my car. So to tow your car, that's $180 to go pick it up. And then the parking fine, which is $54. So to leave New York City or, the le or to leave that area cost me $220 something dollars, 230 bucks. So go fuck yourself, New Jersey. You are fucking, you're, you're a shitty state. You do. Y you suck. Your airport sucks, your city sucks, your food sucks, your transit system sucks, you suck. Fuck you, Jersey. Um, New York was fantastic, though. Absolutely fantastic. Um, I had great food. I walked everywhere, and I mean everywhere. I walked 50 blocks easily every day that I was there. Uh, taxi system's awesome because the taxi system is literally built on an app now. So you can just go and pay for the ride right there through your phone, add your tip in. You can look up in the map where exactly you're going to be going. And it was just, it's called the curb app. You can look that shit up. 
Um, and then, of course, if you really need to, you don't need to take a taxi everywhere you go because you'd be dropping 10, you know, 10, 11, 12 bucks every single time through a taxi system. Uber is going to cost you just as much, if not more. You can take the subway system. Once you figure out the subway system, the subway system is super easy. You can just literally hop on the subway, which costs you a couple bucks. Okay, it goes on your little card that you can buy right there. You hang on to that shit and cost you, you know, every time you swipe, it's like two bucks. You can literally ride the system all the way from Battery Park to 59th Street, which is Central Park. Okay, and you can keep going all the way into the Bronx. Okay, without spending an additional dime. So you literally from Battery Park can go all the way to the Bronx, come back and then go into Brooklyn if you want without ever as long as you don't exit the subway system. You can literally ride that whole setup everywhere. Coney Island, Brooklyn, Queens, Jersey, all of it. So it's it's a it's a great way. Don't be afraid of the subway system. The subway system and there's a lot of there's a lot of transit cops that'll tell you exactly where you need to go, exactly what you need to do. It's, they're very helpful. They're very very helpful. Listen to them. So I strongly encourage that and with New York I strongly encourage have a fast pace. Move quickly. Okay? I don't, I love walking the beat in New York City, okay? I love walking among the people being in the belly of the beast. You see that huge-ass skyline, but you don't see that skyline when you're in the middle of Manhattan because you are deep in the belly of the beast. You are just surrounded by massive buildings and big parks and, and just the smell and everything like that. It just I couldn't put it all in the last vlog because I couldn't really describe it in the amount of time that I needed. It's just like, you know what? Here's New York City. Through my eyes, go. But this one was definitely, out of all the 100 vlogs I'd done, this one ranks up there as one of the most expensive. Top five, I would say, um, for sure. Um, the drone laws in Manhattan, uh, in, in case you don't know, whew, Jesus Christ. Just, I wouldn't advise it at all like ever because here's the thing it's one thing to fly the drone it's another thing to put the put the video up on on the on the internet it's one thing to take a picture picture is different you take a video and you put that on youtube and the wrong people see it you're gonna get in a shitload of trouble uh the drone laws are heavily restricted for several reasons one you have for one thing you have two airports you have newark airport excuse me three airports you have Newark Airport on one side. You have several landmarks, which when you, when it's a landmark, such as the Statue of Liberty, Ellis Island, um, additional buildings, Central Park, those are off limits. Also, you have the President of the United States who owns several very large buildings, Trump International, Trump Tower, those you can't fly over, heavily restricted. They're barricaded on the ground level barricades and when i say barricades i don't mean concrete or just concrete i mean like these big steel uh plow looking things that are built into the ground you can't move them then you also have on the other side you have brooklyn which uh, brooklyn and queens which has two very big you have laguardia airport and you have jfk international okay and these planes you know, once you get used to the altitude they actually fly at when they leave these airports, they're very low. They're very, very low. So this, all this traffic up in the air, and then all these landmarks, and then all these massive buildings, which really can fuck with the frequency and the GPS setup of the actual drone. 
So you really can't fly. You can if you're up high, but it's, it's there's so many elements that make flying a quadcopter in New York City extremely dangerous. And security-wise, if a cop sees it, you're going to be in a ton of trouble. So I did very little, if any, flying in that area. Okay, uh, My drone was up for maybe a whole uh, three to four minutes tops, and it was nowhere... I can say for sh- I can say for certain that my drone never entered New York, ever, ever. Matter of fact, that if you go, there's an app called AirMap. AirMap tells you exactly three three six restrictions, FAA one hundred seven restrictions, as far as everything that's going on, what airspace you can enter, what advisories, and everything like that. It'll even list you. Like there was a heavy security thing going on in New York City um, on that Sunday, I believe. That Sunday, that whole day, and that night, and it blocked off a certain red zone in Brooklyn. And then there was a mass amount of helicopters going through uh, Midtown Manhattan. And on an average day, there's I'd say between eight and sixteen helicopters just going in a loop around the New York City, around the Manhattan island altogether. I mean, they're just constantly they're passing each other, going back and forth. So. And they're flying uh, at around, you know, three to six hundred feet. Okay. And when you think about it, put that in comparison. If they're flying that low, you know, between three and 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 six hundred feet or eight hundred feet or twelve hundred feet, think about it like this. Uh, One World Trade Center, the Freedom Tower, that's the viewing deck, the three hundred and sixty degree viewing deck that you can go up, you pay thirty seven bucks to go up there. That's twelve hundred and fifty feet in the air. Okay. And the helicopters are most of the helicopters are parallel to that, or yeah, they're at level with that. Okay, and twelve hundred feet drones are not allowed at twelve hundred feet unless you have special restrictions, uh, special exemptions. But you're not going to get those. Forget it. So you just don't do it. My advice to you, unless you're one hundred seven and you have special permits to fly in New York City, I wouldn't do it. You have little spots. Little areas in the circles on the air map that you can see. There's a spot on, on the lower end of Jersey City that has open space that you can kind of take advantage of. And then there's a spot in the lower section of a lower, lower, lower end of Brooklyn uh, where there's open space that you can actually fly into. And that's just on the air. That, however, that's on the air map. Number one, you have to deal with security. Number two, you have to deal with the residences. Number three, you have to deal with parking. You got to find a place to park and then you got to be able to take off and you got to land. It's just. There's so much, it's just not worth the risk. The real action at the end of the day is on the ground. Everybody can see pictures of New York City. They know what they look like, but the real action is on the ground with the people, with the tourists, with the with all the landmarks, okay? If you want an aerial view of New York City, you can just pay 37 bucks, 40, you know, 30 to 40 bucks. You can go into One World Trade Center. You get like two, you get like a two-hour pass. You go right up there, and you get the beautiful shots of, of New York City from 13, 12 to 1,300 feet up. And then you go all the way, you, you can walk uh, 20 blocks, which is no big deal, at least in my opinion. You can walk 20 blocks, you can go up to 34th Street, and boom, the Empire State Building. You go right to the Empire State, Empire State Building, you pay 30 to 40 bucks. You can buy the passes online too. You go up there, they'll take, it'll take you up to the 86th floor of the Empire State Building. And from there, on the 86th floor, you get... Out, you get to walk outside, which is, it's one thing to be 1,250 feet up on the 102nd, 103rd floor of One World Trade Center, but you're still inside. It's another thing to be on the 86th floor and walk outside and feel the wind and be able to just look down and understand that that is forever. 
that fall is forever. Okay. Um, and it's, it's, it's nerve wracking. And it's for a person like me, who's not very, um, who's not very fond of heights, not a fan of heights, but it's definitely freaky when you're up there and there's the, I mean, it's beautiful. First of all, it's absolutely gorgeous. You get the entire view of the city and it's remarkable to be on a building that was completed in 1931. Just um, emotional, to say the least. I got, it all started to come to me when I was going up in One World Trade Center. And then it came back to me when I was going up uh, the Empire, to the top of the Empire State Building. Also, on a side note, if you are, you can go up to the 86th floor for, you know, 30, 40 bucks, but. You can go up to the 102nd floor, I believe it is, for an additional money. So you can actually purchase those tickets right up there at the booth in the 86th floor, inside, of course. You go in there, you purchase those additional tickets, and then you can go up even further. Here's the thing, though. When you go up an additional, you know, what is it, 10, 12, 14 stories, 16 stories, um, everything past that is just a tower. It's just a big tower. And I don't know how much time you get up there, but it is. After after when you look up, if you're standing on the 86th floor and you just look up, if you watch week 100, you'll see it. You just look up from the 86th floor, which is outside. You just look up and there's a tower. Just the the, the antenna. That's it. And there's there's not much else. And for people who have issues with heights and things like that, it's definitely it makes you aware of how tiny you really are and how big this city really is and how easy it is them from the moment you enter it to be swallowed up. Um, I don't go to New York necessarily to have fun. I go to New York to test myself. I don't walk, you know, five, 10 blocks. I'll walk 20, 30, 40, 50 blocks. I'll walk from battery park up to, uh, up to fucking Rockefeller, you know, up to central park where the crown, uh, not the crown plaza, the plaza hotel is. I'll walk, I, I go to New York to test myself, to remind myself that, you know, at a moment's notice, if you hesitate or you slow down or you get lazy or you quit, life can bury you. New York City loves, welcomes everyone, but forgives no one. So if you fuck up or you quit or you slow down, you change your pace in any way where life can catch up with you, New York City will bury you. It will absolutely bury you. It is one of those cities where anything is possible and you have to work really, really hard, especially in a city that expensive, to keep pace. Um, there's a, it is definitely a place where if you're on your own and you have no choice but to succeed, you can do it there. But it is awfully expensive, easy for yourself. To spend to to get a meal like an actual meal like there's one thing you can go there you can spend you know ten to fifteen bucks go get yourself a good chicken sandwich with some good ass fries and a really really good you know cherry coke or whatever that'll cost you like ten fifteen bucks okay but if you're gonna go ahead and you're gonna have a meal at like uh, we'll see I had I went to Dorland's Oyster Bar um, I had a burger there it was great that was great the the server I forget her name she was a real real sweetheart she was very nice to me. I normally don't talk to servers and things like that, but she was really nice and wanted to know what I was up to. And she clearly knew that I wasn't from around the area, but I had a deep-seated love for the, the for the city. 
that was, I don't know how much I spent there. I think I had a couple drinks and, and a burger with fries. But then I got to go to, I had a bucket list. I was going to go to Lil Frankie's over in East Village. Is it the East Village? Yeah, on the East Village on First Avenue. Uh, Lil Frankie's is a pizza place. It's owned by Frank Prisonzano. Prisonzano, you can find him on Instagram, at Frank Prisonzano. Um, he owns Little Frankie's, Supper NYC, and Frank Restaurant. Um, I haven't been to the other two, but my goal was to go to Little Frankie's and get some food. It was truffle week, but I, w- I didn't need truffles. I just wanted to have a pizza and some dessert. And I had the prosciutto de palma uh, and the panna cotta, which is um, a, a flan-like dessert that's really – it's made out of, like, you know, solidified cream. It's very good. It's a very good palate cleanser after a heavy pizza like a prosciutto de palma. But it was delicious. It was definitely delicious. Gets a little salty towards the end, but that arugula helps offset the uh, offset that salted um, pork. And the beer was good. And here's the thing, though: it's cash only. Don't fucking bring a credit card or debit card into Little Frankie's, um, and it will cost you. So if you're gonna eat for yourself, bring you know, bring fucking C note. Okay, it cost me fifty five bucks. Which is actually in New York City terms, it's not that bad. You buy, you know, you buy a whole pizza for yourself, which is like between fifteen and twenty-two bucks. You get a you get a beer or two. I had a glass of red wine. I had a gla- and I had a, a a Peroni, which is a beer. It's an Italian beer, I think. Um, and then I had dessert, and they give you free bread with olive oil, which I obviously am like, yep, yeah, I'm eating the shit out of that. So they gave me that as well. So you have all that, and that cost me fifty-five bucks. Um, I think I left, I think I left like a 28% tip on top of that. So about 75, I left them about 75, I think. So, and you know, they were nice and they were packed, but it was just me. So I walked right into the bar. There was a, uh, a, a, a four top that was just kind of sitting in the corner uh, of the bar, just kind of on their laps, just eating like savages. They were loving it. So they gave me an extra spot. I sat right down. Boom. It was awesome. So I had a great time there in the East. The East village is great. If you really want to soak in. Uh, the area, you can definitely go to the East Village area, Greenwich Village, things like that. That shit, that's where the shit is happening right now. Okay, and forget about whether you know politically where you aside or or whatever. Just to go to New York, be on your feet, park your car, or just take the train in or fly in or something like that. Be on your feet. Be prepared to just be using the feet or the transportation around you. Uh, there's no reason to have uh, your car driving around New York City when you don't know where you are. And the GPS is fucking with, this, with the buildings because of the fact that everything is so close together that you're not going to necessarily get the best GPS signal and you may be walking in the wrong direction. So keep that in mind. Uh, the fact is, is that just, you know, you can take the subway system, you can walk, and then eventually you'll get to understand that which direction you're going in when you're t- when you're in Midtown, when you're in Midtown Manhattan, Downtown Manhattan, Lower End, Battery Park, whatever, you'll get a better idea of where you are. But there are a couple places that um, I enjoyed. Dorland, number one, when you're in New York City, Dorland's Tavern is in. It's over by the Brooklyn Bridge. It's a place called Two Bridges. It's on like Front Street or something like Fulton Street or whatever the freak. But it's over near Battery Park, so it's a couple blocks from uh, the Brooklyn Bridge. It's a great spot to sit down. And have a be- have a burger and a beer. Uh, Little Frankie's is a great place to just sit to sit down and have all kinds of good food. And Little Frankie's lived up to the hype. Um, 
I, I, I know I follow Frank on Instagram. He's a great teacher of the method, not recipes, the method of how to cook and how to enjoy cooking. So I really, really appreciated that from him. Then um, I met Alan Fuchs, who's a uh, local comedian in New York City. Alan Fuchs, you can follow, follow, find him on Instagram. It's Alan, A-L-A-N, Fuchs, uh, F-U-K-S. He did make a joke about that. He was a good comic. And it was in a, it was in a standard uh, you know, underground comedy club, Greenwich Village Comedy Club. And it was like a $10 it was like a ten dollar freaking cover charge, and you got to see like four or five comedians. Um, two of them were really, really good. The ones I saw, two of them were really good. Uh, the host, I didn't hear much from the host. There was another guy who was kind of funny. There was one chick who was kind of eh, and there was another dude who was kind of bombing. But it was straight up New York comedy, and I loved it. And it was so great to go there. I mean, Comedy Cellar, they were fucking sold out. Uh, the place next to the, the the Comedy Cellar Underground, that place was sold out. Um, but I totally forgot about the stand and I think Gotham was also sold out that night too, but just to get into Greenwich village and this place is tiny, tiny. I, I'm thinking 20, 30 seats in this little concrete comedy club. Very, very tiny. So, but I, I, you know, I get, I met Alan. He was really nice. He was, he was doing the normal thing where when you, when you finish your set, you go outside and you hang out for a little bit and you let people know about your social media and stuff. I talked to him for a couple minutes. He was super cool. So Alan Fuchs, you can follow him. So once again, follow Al, uh, Frank Prisonzano on Instagram. Follow at Alan Fuchs on Instagram. And there was another guy, uh, Juan Ruiz or whatever. Um, he's a commercial. He makes he makes commercials for businesses in uh, in New York City. I met him on the Brooklyn Bridge. He had a Sony A7 with a, uh, a Zion Crane. Uh, Zion Crane is a, is a larger version of the three-axis gimbal stabilizer that I have. Mine costs 80 bucks. You know, it's nothing. Mine's the Smooth Q. It's designed for GoPros and smartphones. Um, his is designed for mirrorless cameras or, or full-size DSLR. So it'll cost you about between 220 to 300 bucks on eBay. Um, it's an amazing piece of technology. So he had that gear running. I think he was doing t- uh, time lapses. I was doing those as well. I was doing them by the center of the bridge. And once I was done that, I walked by. We started talking. He took a picture of us, but I never actually got the, the photo. Um, I'd love to get that photo, actually. I don't know why he wanted me in the photo, but I decided to do it anyways. So I met him. He was a really nice guy. He showed me a, a commercial he did for a halal restaurant. Halal food is... Uh, Middle Eastern, uh, kebabs, shit like that. Good food, too. There are way too many fucking halal places in New York, though. Let's let's face it. I like halal food. I love that stuff. But come on. Give it a rest. I need a little more, more variety in my street food, okay? I didn't get a chance to try the New York nuts. There are nut stands everywhere, like these sugary salted peanuts or whatever, and they have clumps of them all over New York. I didn't have a dirty water hot dog. Um, I didn't have a kebab. I didn't have a gyro or a gyro, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Uh, I mostly just focused on having two meals a day and as much coffee as possible. Um, coffee in New York City, very, very good. Still have to admit, though, best coffee I've had was definitely that Cubano coffee down in Lake Worth or Palm Beach, whichever you want to call it. That was still the best coffee I've had to date, okay, for the money and the content of it. But in New York, you have very, very good coffee. I tried a place called Blue Bottle, uh, it looked like a fucking, it looked like it was built by Ikea, this place. Um, 
But for the most part, I try not to spend my money on food because I was going to be running around all day. I just wanted to burn it off. I just wanted to focus on getting video of the city as much as possible. And I got to tell you, from week 99, when I did the uh, when I did that last drifting event, my feet were fucked up something fierce. I mean, the, the arches of my foot was, was not feeling that well. So I really, I had to wait for, to he, for it to heal. And then it all came back when I hit the, when I hit the concrete jungle or the concrete garden, whatever you call, want to call it, of, of Manhattan. My feet were dying. I mean, the pain. And it was shooting up through my calves, going to my knees. But I'm like, fuck it. I'm just going to keep walking. My father walked this beat. He walked the whole goddamn city. So what am I going to, I'm not going to, I'm just going to keep fucking moving. So I kept moving. And I got some really great shots. And I had all hands were on deck. I had my backpack. I got a brand new backpack uh, for me. And you know what? I wasn't concerned about having a backpack in New York City. I was aware that I had a backpack in New York City. But I wasn't concerned. Everybody, there was a lot of, New York does not want to, it doesn't want tourists to make it think like it's, it's an unsafe city to be walking around in with stuff. Okay. So they definitely go out of their way to make the place as safe as possible. So having a backpack, actually just going through the subway, uh, the taxi, or walking in the streets, as long as you are aware of where you, you know where your zippers are, where your pockets are, where your money is and things like that, you'll be okay. And I ran around the whole city the whole time uh, you know, in the same shoes with the same bag, knowing where everything was, nothing loose. I was pretty tight and taut and whatever. And I, I really got what I wanted out of it for the most part. There were going to be a couple of things here and there, but it's, it's not a city you can do. In, is it a city you can do in four, four days? Yes and no. Yes and no. And that's just Manhattan. I went to Brooklyn for a little bit, and I was like, meh, you can have it. It's Brooklyn. Brooklyn can be whatever Brooklyn wants to be, but at the end of the day, it's not Manhattan. It just isn't, you know, but it is growing and Jersey city shitty. Yeah. Jersey shitty is definitely growing because, uh, because of it as well, because it's becoming so expensive in midtown or just in Manhattan in general that it's starting to bleed out. And I mean, that may be a good thing. I don't know, but it is definitely, you can see there's a, first of all, shit loads of construction. And I don't mean just on the ground level per normal, but there is a ton of, of very large buildings going up in Manhattan right now. Massive, okay? It's crazy, the construction that they're doing right now. Tons and tons and tons of buildings. And the skyline has changed significantly. But it is a it's an even more beautiful skyline now than it's ever been ever, even with the construction. And that Freedom Tower is no joke. No joke. It's it's a fucking behemoth, for sure. It is not the tallest building in the world. I don't even know if it's taller than the Willis Tower, also formerly known as the Sears Tower. I don't even know if it's taller than that, to be perfectly honest. Um, But it's a bit. It's a big fucking building. And you know it when you see it. But it is a beautiful building. I don't know the constru- how the construction is, but I know that thing is pretty solid. I don't know how... It, Obviously, that thing was built because something was missing. So I'm curious to know what the construction is like in case of a... Oop, my alarm's going off. Let's go ahead and get rid of that. Um, in case something, you know, 
catastrophic happens, I'm curious to know what that building is designed to withstand. Um, but it was really cool to be up there. It's worth the 30, 40 bucks to go up there just once. You know, to get the footage, to get what I needed, maybe it's touristy, I don't know, but to get the footage that I needed, I had to go up there because it's part of the thing. You know, I can't just be on the ground the whole time. I wanted time lapses. I wanted street viewing. I wanted all of that included in the video. And I was thinking maybe this was going to be a 15-minute video. Maybe it was going to be a 20-minute video. Maybe if I had more time, maybe it could have turned out to be one of those videos. But it didn't. Maybe the video could have been a minute longer. But at the end of the day, I just compacted it all in there. And I tried to do it as smooth as I possibly could. Um... I could talk about the faults of my gear all day long, but for the most part, uh, I mean, the, the, the Sony camera did act up a little bit um, with the lens because I think I, I dropped it last week and something was fuck, is fucked up in the lens. Sometimes when I go to turn the camera on, uh, it won't recognize the lens. The lens won't extend like a normal camera does when you turn it on. But for the most part, it's, it's fixed itself and it'll correct itself. Um, and the body of the camera is fine. I think it's just the lens. But it is working fine. Um, there are some spots that I noticed inside the lens, and I'm try- I am thought I could clean it, but I don't know. For the most part, I, I, I crossed the finish line. My gear is intact, and it's a huge sigh of relief. And it was a great place to finish it out, you know? I mean, granted, I could have en- ended a little smoother without getting my card fucking towed in Jersey because that was a nightmare of a morning. But... I got it done. I got it done. I think I made it. I think I made an okay vlog. I think that I've at least shown that within two years I was able to improve significantly since my very first vlog. You know, I think I. I think I've proven that. Have I improved to being a good YouTuber? I don't know. I can just tell you for certain that I've certainly improved, um, and that I'm able to tell some type of story or or introduce some type of concept or something to that effect. Um, That's what I appreciate more than anything, is the fact that if you do put your mind to something like this, you can absolutely become better and improve significantly on it. Even if it isn't isn't necessarily your strength. Because I, I don't know if it is. I don't know if shooting video is my strength or not. I have no idea. I just know that I can. That's the cool thing about it is I can do it. You know, and I do have other projects that I have to be getting to after this. Um, but, you know, I'll focus on those and then I can actually sit down for a minute, like on a weekend and focus on two years worth of footage that I now have to go ahead and categorize a little bit more because it's a mess in there. It's a digital mess. 100 vlogs, two years worth of video, you know, over a t- probably over a terabyte worth of video. I mean, if I was if I started shooting with uh the Nikon and the Sony right from the beginning, I mean, it would have been at least 2 terabytes of info due to the video quality. But because I started shooting with um small cameras like a little point a little tiny point and shoot Sony DSC Sony and uh, uh the Handycam which I converted down, which is only a 9 megapixel sensor. Uh and then yeah, that's yeah. So that was another thing. So it wasn't a lot of of storage, but then once I got to the, the once I started shooting with the Nikon and then I started using more of the drone, a lot more of the drone. Um yeah, fucking 
forget it. I had like, I got like six, seven hard drives attached to that goddamn server. It's nuts. So I got to go ahead and recategorize all that shit. Uh, while I was there in New York, um, I guess a couple, couple SoundCloud rappers. I bumped into a couple SoundCloud rappers. Uh, one guy, uh, I forget his name. I took a picture of his, of his, of his, uh, of his CD he was going to give me, but I didn't have any money to tip him. So I was like, meh. So I just, I, I you know, I, I took a picture of his CD. I was going to look it up on YouTube, but one guy did give me his CD. It's called, uh, AFT square freeze creed, the brotherhood. It's literally, if you've ever seen the cover of Assassin's Creed, um, if you've ever seen the cover of Assassin's Creed, the guy fucking signed it. He was in Times Square and he gave me this CD, uh, of his work and I was I was gonna listen to I was gonna listen to some of his of his tracks and see if we could jam out. Um see if it's any good. Hey, play. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Let's <laughs> uh, see what this is all about. I, we get the point. Okay. All right, well, that's enough of that for the moment. Um, yeah, so this guy's name is AFT Square Freeze Creed the Brotherhood, and he signed it. Um, looks like a four-year-old, uh, but I have no idea what he's talking about. But yeah, I got a CD, and I don't know, maybe I'll listen to it. Nah, I probably won't. Um, this guy was just out of it completely. But uh, yeah, I uh, appreciate the CD for uh, the $5 I gave you. Um, so, but I mean, yeah, there is some touristy shit you can do. I, as far as places to avoid, I would just avoid Times Square. It's kind of pointless. They give out free hugs there, but, for, but besides that, um, yeah, I'm good. No big deal. Don't, don't need it. So there, yeah. When you go up there, they take your pictures. They go, yeah, Times Square, fuck that shit. Anyways, uh, as far as. You go to the Empire State Building, you go to One World Trade Center, they'll take your picture, and then you can buy the picture later, um, saying you were there. Uh, no. No. You, you don't need that. You don't need to spend that money. You're already spending 30, 40 bucks to go and view the, uh, to view New York from the top. You don't need to be spending an extra whatever to go freaking, fucking, oh yeah, I was there. Here's our stupid picture. Was this Disney World? The fuck out of here. So, uh, yeah. New York City. Ain't that some shit? Um, as far as what I'm gonna be doing now, well, I don't know. I have some personal projects that I want to get working on. Um, I have a project, a small project, but uh, an important one that has to be done within the next, you know, f- few days for sure. Um, it has to be done for um, 
for hero pups. It's um, just a compilation of stuff, but it's easy shit to pull. I just got to go and find the footage, finding, go and getting the footage and then downloading it to whatever device I'm going to be using to edit. Um, that's the bitch part. That's the shitty part, but no big deal. It should take me a, it should take me a day to put it all together. And then once I do that, it should be okay. Um, it's not going to be, it's not going to be as technical as the stuff I did for Josh Gowitzki and the beige Avenger, which is on Instagram. If you go to at positive underscore sarcasm, you can check that, uh, one minute Instagram that I did for Josh, um, on his, uh, on his drift car, which, um, definitely took me a couple months for sure, but I pulled it off. There were some things like I think could have been better about it. Um, but he was quite impressed and I definitely did like some of the stuff that I did for it. But here's the thing is, I'm listening to this stuff every single day, every single second. I'm going over and over and over the same goddamn transition, the same, you know, music, the same intensity. And just to me, it just, ugh, you know, it. I don't, I have to sometimes step away because I'm not feeling it after a while. Like when I first see something, I go, that's awesome. I can't believe I did that. And then after the 12th time, it's like, okay, I get it. Boring. Move on to the next slide. So... And sometimes having all those options of how you're going to edit video can be distracting and it can slow you down. Sometimes you need a simpler you need a simpler editing system so that you can kind of continue to move the process along and then you can go ahead and add special effects to it afterwards. So that's another thing about editing video. Sometimes like having like Adobe Premiere or Camtasia or or whatever or a high-end video editor can sometimes slow down the project. Um, that's the thing, you know, I did a commercial for a dealership. I whipped that bitch up in a week and a half. Boom. 30 seconds. Just like that. Boom. Got paid. But with Josh's project it took me two months. Cause I started that fucking project on uh, using a cyberlink power director ultra. And, and it was only in then until I downgraded it to, um, a simpler mobile editor is when I started u- being able to move the project along. And then once I finished it and I got towards the end, then I started adding additional layers onto it. And then I started coming up with the finished product, adding a couple other things, and boom, it was literally done within two weeks after I switched it to a, a lower-grade model editor because there was no distractions. And, that, and that's, that was it. And the first, the first draft, I showed a fir- an initial draft to uh, one of my collaborators who is a voiceover artist, and she said, here, do that, just this one little thing, this one little tweak, uh, and then I fixed that, and then boom, was, she said it was perfect. And then that, and that draft was submitted to Josh, and Josh loved it. So that's great. Like, th- there's a lot of good stuff going on, and things seem to be kind of moving along nicely. It's just that now I need to take some time and regroup and start organizing all of the stuff I have, taking uh, taking stock of what my, my financial resources are, my cert, my, my, uh, my tools, all the stuff I have and seeing what's going on from there. And also I'm in new England. So it's fucking cold out right now. It is freezing. It's very difficult to shoot in the winter time up here. It is difficult. And I shot, for example, week, uh, 10 to week 16, 17 was winter. Well, that was all winter. That was all, those were all winter episodes. Um, same goes for, you know, week uh, friggin' 51 to like 60. Those were all winter episodes. 
Okay, you, get, you catch my fucking drift? Like, it, it starts to get really cold. And those cold months really do hurt the episodes. Um, my ability to go out there and shoot because my, I, I need, I, I can't feel my fingers. I can't do stuff with the drone. The batteries start to get cold. So it makes it difficult for me to actually shoot video. So I have to take that into account. And now that I just finished this last episode, thankfully, it was 40, 50 degrees in New York City. I actually had to drive through a goddamn snowstorm to get to New York, and then it cleared up. And then as soon as I get back to New Hampshire, I finish the episode and I drop it on YouTube. Fucking, we get a cold spark, and now it's like 10 degrees out. So, yeah. I mean, when I did week 53 before dawn, which was actually an interesting episode, it was one of my first concepts, actual, like, you know, no actual plot to it, just a concept. The the day after I finished shooting that, it was zero degrees out. And shooting at night makes that extremely difficult. So I have gotten lucky for the most part. You know, I haven't frozen my ass off. You can't, you can't sustain being out there, especially that episode, all night at zero degrees. You won't, you just, you won't make it. And your gear will fail too. I've never flown, I don't believe so. Quote me from, I've never flown my drone under 10 degrees. I don't even, and I don't test my cameras out in that temperature because things start to get sticky. Your camera starts to fade out. Just, no, just don't attempt it. So, but as far as my 100th episode, it was just, to try to put it into words, I don't know if I really can. You know, it's a blur. I mean, you have you you do the episode, you come home, you have two hundred files in front of you, and you got to sort them out. You just sort of start from the beginning, and it's the it's the one episode. It's the latest episode I've ever dropped. Normally, I drop an episode on like a Monday, a Sunday, a Monday, or a Tuesday. Uh, the latest I ever dropped one was on a Wednesday morning. This one I dropped on a Wednesday night. It's the latest I've ever from from. Completion of filming to dropping the episode up on, on online. So that's basically two days. So my turnaround time was two days, and I pulled it off. So I've always had a, tur- a two-day turnaround with all of my episodes. That's pretty fucking impressive. For, what, five to seven minutes, five to eight minutes of footage? Considering I've got all kinds of other things going on, all kinds of interruptions, to actually be sitting down and doing just that? I'd probably be able to finish it in a day, you know, six to eight hours, no problem. But two-day turnaround, I think that's more than fair. More than fair, considering you're going through, you know, anywhere between 150 and 250 uh, uh, video files. That's a lot. But what I'm going to do now is I'm going to sort out all the video files that I have. I'm going to put everything into specific folders so I know each week and what it is. And then I'm going to start working on these other projects uh, that I have interest in, that I've I've written stuff out for, that I want to kind of dive into. I want to continue with the podcast and make time for the podcast and try to build a, 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 an audience on, on Twitch. I'm going to start looking for events down the road that I'm going to start doing in the area, whether they are winter events, because if there are winter events, I will absolutely be there to try to film those. Con- and I'll continue to, continuing to expand the business, of course. Um, and then start planning for the summer months as well. Because, or not the summer months, but the spring as well. And will I do some of the same stuff? Maybe. See, let's face it. I, it started to get a little difficult to find the right music to portray the drifting episodes. 
you know, I've got a lot of decent drifting episodes, that's for sure. Um, the only one I never really liked was the first one I ever did, which was week 34. There were mistakes in that episode, and it was a little slow, and it was my first, you know, jab at making a drifting episode. But then I came back a year later, and I hit it dead, almost dead on. Almost dead on with week 85. I fucking killed that episode. And then the next one, and then the next one, and then at the end, I was kind of, you know, reaching for straws, but I had a new, I was in a new environment. It was a new track that I'd never been to. It had been a road course. There was a lot of drifters there. There was there was a lot of opportunity there. Can't Once again, couldn't fly my drone because it was an actual speedway. You're not allowed to fly your drone. But there was a lot of angles for me to shoot. So it was definitely an opportunity for me to excel. And I think in some ways, I definitely had it was new ground for me to tr- to to take a stab at for the themes that I was trying to portray. I slowed it down a little bit. I got a lot of great slow motion shots. I definitely could have got more stuff, but it was one of those days. It was the first cold episode I did where it was definitely cold. So I did the best that I thought I could with some of that stuff. Um and then and that was week 99 obviously. But Normally when those episodes, those drifting episodes, they get shared. This one didn't. I got no love from Lock City Drift. I got no love from, that was my hope. My hope was to go to this town in Thompson, Connecticut, film this episode, just like I always did with New Hampshire Motor Speedway, go there and have them share the episode. So, Paul, you know, Team O'Neill, Club Loose, the drivers, the Speedway, normally they'll share it. Somebody will share it, and then it'll get additional views. This one, I got no love whatsoever. Not from Lock City Drift, not from Thompson Motor Speedway. Nobody shared the fucking video. So either the video was shit, and nobody liked it, or two, there was just nobody wanted to share it, nobody wanted to watch it, nobody cared. And there was a dozen to 16 photographers there. So there was about 12 to 16 photographers there. I was the only one actually shooting video, okay? But none of them shared it. So it's like, okay, should I go back? That's a good question. If I'm going to go back, I want a little recognition for the time that I spent there. I don't care. I won't even, fuck the press pass. I don't necessarily need the press pass. I'll go and pay the extra 10, 20 bucks to go there. But if I'm going to go there and run around like I'm in a battlefield, I'm running across a road where live drifters are going by. Okay, I'm taking my time to do this. Share the video. If it's good, if it sucks, well, then you don't have to, then don't share it. Shitty products should not be exploited. They should not be shared. So if it's a shitty product, let me know. I'll do better. But if it's a good product and you don't share it, I'm not going to come back. You know, when I did all the other sideways episodes, 85, 88, 91, they all got shared, you know, and the right people saw that. When I did the Phantom Gourmet, that got shared a little bit. When I did uh, the Seafood Festival, that got shared a little bit. When I when I did the the, the Brew Fest, that got shared a little bit. When I did uh, the what was it Winners and Snoozers, that got shared a little bit. When I did the freaking wedding in week ninety eight, that got shared for fucking sure. So that's the point. 
you it's not so you go do these episodes for practice you don't necessarily go there to you can go there to get paid you can go to this day you go there to try to find new avenues of how you can shoot video and how you can do photography and things like that you learn by going to these events and practicing and that's what week 100 that's what all these weeks were practice it was therapy it was a way of inter of learning how to interact with people behind the behind the lens and people can use that footage as well. You're not just shooting it for the fuck of it. But if you are focused on the task at hand, you will learn every single time that you go into one of these events. But I figured at this point, even though it was probably a new, it was most likely a new audience. Okay. It was a new audience. Like a lot of, there was not a lot of people from like the New Hampshire Motor Speedway um, events. The, some of the photographers, yes. Some of the drivers, yes. But the core group of them, no, but I'm assuming they would have saw it. I would. I was assuming, and so here's the thing: is I missed. There was a an, uh, an actual proposal, a wedding proposal on one of the tracks, and I missed it. I'm annoyed. I would have got. I would have loved to have freaking shot that. But every time you take advantage of one opportunity, there's one behind you you're missing. That's how it is. I already had tons of coffee this morning. I'm not having any more. I'm actually, let's see. Okay. So it is Thanksgiving. Uh, I figured I'd knock this one out real quick. Knock this one out. If you want to go to New York, it's amazing. Be ready. You don't need a car. You get the whole subway system, taxi service, Uber. Go there. Enjoy yourself. It's an experience. Be ready to walk. Have your head on a swivel. Obey traffic. It's a lot of fun. If you're uncertain of where to go, start with Battery Park all the way up to Midtown, which is around between 50th and 60th, 50th and 75th Street. You stay within that barrier, you're going to be okay. If you stay by the seacoast of Brooklyn, you're going to be okay. If you stay by the seacoast of Jersey City, you're going to be okay. The shitty, the shitty, the city should intimidate you. It shouldn't scare you, though. Okay, the city does not frighten you, but when you do go into the 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 depths of it, you know it can be overwhelming. There is some. They say Texas is like a whole other country. Manhattan is like a whole other fucking planet. It really is. It doesn't obey the rules, not by any stretch. But understand that you don't don't pretend like you live there. Just don't. Understand the moment you go in there, you are, you know, you're competing with every other tourist, with every other uh, advertising service, with every other traveler, with the oh, with the locals, you know. And if you think you're a vlogger, a YouTuber or an Instagrammer or whatever, just remember you're walking into New York City. Some of the biggest YouTubers and Instagrammers live in that town. Okay? Casey Neistat is there, you know. Jerry Media is there. Crispy Shorts is there. Okay? the heavy, A lot of the heavy hitters live in that town. So respect them for what they do. Um, but if you're there, just, there's always something going on. There's always somewhere to go. There's always something to do. And there's always something to eat. There really is. And there's a lot of beautiful parks. If you literally just start with, first of all, the city starts with Battery Park. 
you know, where you can go and jump on the ships and go to the the uh, to Ellis Island or to uh, you know the Statue of Liberty. But it starts at Battery Park, and then it's it's food stand after it's food truck after you know not food trucks but food stands after restaurant after building after retail after after little parks after boutique shops. It's 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 crazy. It really is. You have to go there and just kind of the best way to do it is park your car in Brooklyn or something like that, take the subway over, or walk on the Brooklyn Bridge, because you can. There's a, there's a middle. You can walk right up in the middle of it. You can walk right across the Brooklyn Bridge into two bridges, which is in lower Manhattan on the east side. And then you literally can just walk. You can do it. You can walk 50 blocks. You just walk it, and you'll get a better understanding of what the city actually is and how it feels. And it's it's a very it's very hot and cold and sometimes it smells bad but it's sweet at the same time. It may be cold but it's warm at the same time. It's windy but it's dry. It's just it's a whole lot of everything going on all at once. Um, but it is beautiful. I tell you one thing: there's no place to pee. That's for damn sure. There's no alleyway you can duck into. Okay, let's face it. In 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 Boston, you can duck into an alleyway if you gotta go. You know, rip a tinkle real quick. You can go and do that in 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 Boston. Okay, there are ways to get away with it. In Manhattan, it's not happening. Everything's gated off. All the buildings are smashed together. That is not happening. It just isn't. There is no place to take a whiz. All right, I'm telling you right now. If you're gonna go hide behind a building, it's just not gonna work. The real estate is that crushed together that. You know, unless you're, you know, even on a, you may get away with parking for free on Sunday because Sunday's free parking in New York. But after that, all bets are off. So I, um, I don't know. It's, it's a lot from, it's a lot for me to think about. It's a lot for me to reflect on. And I'm not sure if I could portray it fully in this, in this episode of the podcast, but just know that I appreciate. For those who are still with me and those who have helped out in the past, for the ones I still talk to anyways, I heavily appreciate uh, the collaborations, the support, and whatever we do going forward. Polkin Productions, I appreciate. Um, It's, you know, to walk in the footsteps of my father in New York City, if only for a few days, it was truly a privilege to have finished 100 episodes in a city that I have so much respect for. And I hope to go back soon. Um, Definitely sooner than two years. That's for damn sure. Um, And see what unfolds from there. You know, it was cool. It was definitely cool. And um, I appreciate those who have stuck along in the journey, who have viewed it, shared it, giving me tips or advice that was actually of use. Um, and I hope to continue building on this website that's actually made a little money this year. But that's besides the point. Just get better at the craft. And I appreciate you guys for listening and subscribing and sharing and do all that shit. So I'm going to end this uh, for today because uh, I'm I'm fried. You know, I just finished 100 episodes. I'm exhausted. And... Um, I got to now go through all kinds of other projects and start 
cleaning all this, cleaning this whole giant mess up. But um, yeah, I got to get ready for Thanksgiving. I got my Captain America shirt on right now. Nice long sleeve Henley. But uh, you can find me uh, once again. If you want to contribute to the podcast, go to paypal.me slash positive sarcasm, especially after that trip to New York. Jesus Christ, that pretty much flattened me out. Paypal.me slash positive sarcasm. Any amount is appreciated. Shout out to Rodney and Malin from Midtown Manhattan. He uh, plays second in his fitness show, uh, the music I did him for. So kudos to them. I hope to send them another package soon. You can find me at Instagram at positive underscore sarcasm, facebook.com slash positive sarcasm, Twitter at POS sarcasm, twitch.tv slash positive sarcasm for all podcast live streams. You can download this on iTunes and probably Stitcher and Podcast Addict, wherever podcasts are available. Chances are this is available as well. You can go to my website and you can contact me there, positivesarcasm.com. You can click the contact page. You can email me directly or click the button. It's positive sarcasm at outlook.com because I don't like Gmail because it's owned by Google. And Google is fucking evil. Um, you can also hit the donate button on that page as well. You can check out the posing page. You can check out the posing music page. If you're a bodybuilder or a physique athlete, you can do whatever you need. If you have questions, suggestions, comments, you can comment and hit me up in any way, shape or form. I look forward to shoot more videos soon. I look forward to more products. I look forward to doing more stuff. And if you want to be a part of it too, you absolutely have the right to at least ask me. Uh, So... I appreciate you all for listening. I will check in with you very soon. I'll talk to you all later. This has been a Positive Sarcasm presentation.